Hi, I'm Maddie. And I'm Kim. And we're founders of Runway Unlimited. We are a fashion model mother-daughter duo interviewing industry experts on their take of the fashion world, the direction of the industry, and what life looks like behind the runway. Today, we are talking with Angie Seymour, founder of Angie's Model and Talent Agency located in Ottawa and Toronto, Canada. We're going to talk to Angie about how diversity has changed in the modeling industry, how she's been able to keep her models and talent up to date and working during the COVID-19 pandemic. And we are going to hear how she discovered the one and only Ryan Gosling. I'd love to hear about how you got started as an agent in this industry and, and how your business has grown since you began. Well, it was an accident. <laughs> uh, it was nothing planned because I did go to school. I did study business. And then my parents decided to move to Cornwall, Ontario from Montreal, of all places, Cornwall, Ontario. But the universe always has a plan for us. And at first we might not see it, see the reasons why. And I was upset with my parents. And you'll you'll ask me, why didn't you stay in Montreal? Well, because when you're of Greek heritage, you do not stay in a city unless you're married. You can't leave the house until you're married. So, of course, I had to follow them to Cornwall, Ontario. There, I did get a job at the unemployment office, being an employment counselor. And I found that the morale was really down. The women just hated their jobs and the unemployment office was not a nice place to come in to file a claim or ask a question. People were just being so mean and I was not used to being in that environment. So I thought, let's just do a fashion show and all these ladies and their children and their grandchildren, and we'll include the men too, uh, have a fashion show and raise money for the uh, Hotel Du Hospital in Cornwall for the children's ward. And we involved uh, all the government offices in Cornwall. And while I was planning that, I went to a dance recital. I was at this dance recital and this little boy was dancing up a storm with his MC Hammer pants on. And I go backstage and I said, can I talk to your parents? And he goes, no, why? And I said, because I want to talk to them about you acting. And he said, I just want to sing and dance. I don't want to act. And I said, that's okay. You could sing and dance at my fashion show that I have planned. And he said, okay, sign me up. And... That was Ryan Gosling, of course, an Oscar-nominated Golden Globe winner, did not want to act. He just wanted to sing and dance. Oh, my gosh. That's amazing. Yeah. And everybody discovered he could sing and dance in La La Land. Meanwhile, I have videotapes, and you could see it on YouTube, him singing and dancing. A year almost went by, and he came into the unemployment office, and they said, you know what, Angie, uh, he's going to quit. He said, I said, why? Why, Ryan? He said, because I can't act. I've gone to almost 100 auditions and I can't act. And I said, who told you you can't act? He said, nobody, but I didn't book any work. I said, well, because you were too tall for this part. You were too tiny for this part. You were taller than the parents for this part. You were too blonde for that part. He went, oh, okay, okay. And then two weeks later, of course, I get a phone call at my unemployment office. And I thought it was a joke. They said, Disney's on the phone. And I said, Disney's on the phone, right. 
They said, no, Disney's on the phone. So I pick up the phone and yes, it was Disney. And they said, hi, uh, we heard you have kids that could sing, dance and act. And I said, yes, I do. And I only had Ryan and a lady that I worked with, her daughter. So I send them to Montreal and Ryan Gosling got the part in the show, The Young Mosketeers, where Ryan, uh, Christina Aguilera, Britney Spears and Justin Timberlake got their start. And that's how it began. And then from there, of course, more and more people were saying, Angie, you need to do it. And of course, I started off at the dance school. I just got some teachers to teach some etiquette and modeling because I didn't have time. I had two kids. And then the owner's best friend said, Angie, we're getting more and more phone calls. You have to do this. You have to just do your own thing. I thought, okay. So I started an etiquette. I just wanted to teach young girls etiquette, how to walk, how to talk and be proper because that is missing in the schools today. And I started Angie's Models and Images and it was just about the image. And next thing you know, people are calling me and booking and wanting this model for this hair show and that and it was getting busier and busier. Then we had Fly Away Home, another movie that came in. They wanted 500 people, actor roles, extras, backgrounds. So it was getting busier and busier. Oh. Off I was to Angie's Models and Talent, Inc. Oh. And that's how the agency started. That is an amazing start. It's, it's like it was just absolutely meant to be. You had no choice. It, it, I had no choice. It was just, even though I was pushing it away and saying, I can't, I can't, I'm not doing it. No, it just kept coming right at my face. So that's why we have to pay attention to the signs and the universe because it knows what you've got to do in life. And then we were in Cornwall for five years. And then we uh, more people were coming in from Ottawa, Montreal, uh, Plattsburgh, Kingston. They were driving to Cornwall. Girls and guys were saying, Angie, you got to move to Ottawa. you got to come to Ottawa because people want to come, but they can't find a way to come to Cornwall. So that's how we opened in Ottawa. And then Max Keeping was there for our grand opening with the whole crew because Max used to bring me girls to Cornwall. The news reporter said, Angie, you've come into Ottawa and there's other agencies here. So now you're in a competitive market. I said, I don't know what they do, but I know what I do. So we've always said competition is good, right? It keeps everybody yeah, honest. It course. keeps everybody yeah, moving yeah. forward and not yeah. getting complacent. Yeah. And I love the fact yeah. that, you know, you, you have an agency in Ottawa and in Toronto. Your home, yes. your home base is, is still Ottawa. And this, is, yeah. you know, is a relatively small city, a million people. But it's amazing on how these small cities can play a huge role when yeah. you, as a stepping stone to these bigger fashion centers. And, mm-hmm. and you found, yeah. tell us about that. Well, uh, I called a casting director in Montreal and I said, okay, how do I get these breakdowns? Like I want to start also an acting because were, we were modeling, just strictly modeling. And she goes, Angie, you have to get on this service and that service. And I went, oh, okay. So we started submitting talent and casting directors in Toronto said, you're in Cornwall. Your talent's not going to come to Toronto. And I said, yes, they are. Just give them a chance. 
And of course, we had to prove ourselves and have really good talent. So this way they could keep calling us. And that's how it happened. So our talent, credibility and our credibility just proved like we were credible. And of course, we were getting more and more and more in Montreal and Toronto. Wow. And you've produced some amazing talent out of this city. You know, incredible. The list goes on, of course. You know, Ryan Gosling from Cornwall, but Harith Paul is a superstar. Harith Paul, yes, she is. She is. She, she's amazing and a wonderful girl, a wonderful person, a philanthropist. And uh, to this day, I mean, we talk almost every week. Uh, anything is wrong, she calls me. You know, it's we're just very close. It's a mother-daughter relationship. That's the kind of relationship that a model and agent should always have. Yes. I love that. I love that. Now, I'd love to know, fast forward to to today. You've got a bustling agency in Toronto. You have your big agency in Ottawa. COVID-19 has been really destructive for a lot of industries, including fashion, with the modeling world essentially pausing for three to four months with no castings, no jobs. I know mom and I felt the repercussions of that. How did you mm-hmm. as an agency owner kind of stay connected to your talent and what kind of what kinds of things have you been doing to keep your models bu- busy and building momentum? Well, every morning I send them an email. I send my whole roster actors and models an email. I give them challenges and every weekend, every Saturday we meet on Zoom. And we have a variety of guest speakers uh, on Zoom. And actually, one girl ended up getting a contract. Well, several, but this one girl's leaving very shortly as soon as the borders open. Uh, So we've had international agents. We've had casting directors, you know, share their knowledge. So every Saturday, that's what we did. And every morning, I would send them an email. And they feel more connected because a lot of them were not doing well mentally. And I would just send them very inspiring messages and what to do. I had models do a runway challenge, actors do monologue challenges, commercial challenges. Then we had a Zoom performance, a couple of Zoom performances for models, runway, and uh, for actors, they did commercials and monologues. That is brilliant. You know, it's so important as a leader to to really touch base with, with your core uh-huh. group, right? Because I think most people were feeling, is this it? Is this, how are we ever going going to get going again? And, you know, models are sensitive creatures, actors are sensitive creatures and, and feeling that sort of lack of Mm -hmm. leadership, I think is really important that you got in there and, and really touched base with them. That was probably so, uh, so much a relief for everybody. Uh, When you look forward, you know, uh, on how things are going to get started up, things are slowly starting to to happen. We're getting castings. Mm -hmm. How do you think that the industry has changed or will have changed from this? Are we going to see different types of casting? Do you think that there'll be a big change? It is. Yeah. It is. It's already changed Uh, during COVID. You know, I'm, we're still in it. But uh, in April, we had a commercial that was filmed, Desjardins Bank. And my daughter actually booked it. And she's in, L- in L.A. And, uh, of course, they filmed it out of her house, out of her apartment in L.A. Uh, we had Byron Bridges film another commercial uh, for Mon- another one in Montreal. He did it out of his home. He was booked. You know, so there's several, the Tim Hortons commercial booked 
out of their home. There's so many uh, that have been done through people being able to know how to set up their camera and with the directors uh, looking over it, they directed them and the models and actors produced their own commercials. Um, so I know I've discovered a new way of discovering talent. I used to have open calls where 500 people would try to come in at the same time. And now I just have Zoom meetings. So I go through them really with a fine tooth comb. And if I like them, I will ask them to join, uh, to join me on Zoom. And I might have maybe 10 or 12 on Zoom instead of 500 coming in and telling most of them, thank you for coming. So it's changed me and I've discovered this way where I don't have to bring people in. They just email me all the information and they have a meeting where before it would be the same thing too. We would invite people to come in, but because they'd see the open call date on my website, they decided to come in and there would be hundreds of people uh, with their families and babies and all that. So <laughs> I've discovered this way. Also models uh, that are shooting, you know, the clients again are doing maybe a zoom meeting and it's just more thorough. So it's much better. I think everything happens for a reason. And I think this is going to be so much better. So much more time, you know, time efficiency yes. and, and uh, yes. cost effective too. Absolutely. Yeah. That's exactly yeah. what I was going to say. That efficiency of meeting people and just kind of continuing on. After so many years as an agent in this industry, I'd love to know what kind of development or progress you've seen when it comes to diversity in this industry? A lot. So when I first started being an agent, I took 10 black models from the Bahamas, Turks and Caicos Island, because that's where my husband's from. And I brought them to New York because I wanted to give them a chance to be discovered and do something. And when I took them to New York, the agents were like, Oh, no, Angie, we don't take any. Oh, we already have one. Right. A few years later, but mind you, I got them all signed. I was pushing and they all got signed. And except one agency, which I won't mention, they all may take blondes. And I think if you go on their website now, they have maybe one black girl. And they wanted Harriet Paul after I had signed her and after I had sent them their her digitals, they they ignored me but then they started begging me for her and I was like too late and then they had a nice meeting and begged me again and I'm like no you ignored my email too late <laughs> so sad but a couple of years later uh Joey Hunter who is a legend he used to run Karen's in New York yeah he said Angie let me tell you you know when we saw you come in with these 10 models black models we thought what is Angie thinking of do you know that People were laughing at you. I said, I didn't care. He goes, you know, I just want to tell you that you were ahead of your time. Because that year after Tom Ford opened and one of my models was in the Tom Ford show, he opened with his whole lineup was black. Wow. I don't know if you remember back when I was over 20 years ago. He said, you just had a vision that was way ahead of ours. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm always like that. I'm always ahead of my time. <laughs> so, and now I'm seeing more as I see breakdowns. Um, we we don't even have enough black girls to go around because this is what the industry is looking for now. And when I was in Paris at the shows just before COVID nineteen, I was there with Harriet Paul, and in New York again for the shows. The diversity is incredible incredible like black guys that you'd never see a black guy you'd see you know the blue-eyed guy now it's black and it's just happening and more asian girls are coming in so more people of color more it's just incredible so the world is changing and hopefully it's going to keep on doing this because you know, when Harry F. got signed, not every agent was begging for her. Nobody actually was begging for her. I had to push. Montreal ignored her mm-hmm. until I had to pick up the phone call and said, listen, New York just booked her on Simons. Do you want her or not? My what? Goodness. They booked her from New York? I said, yeah. Do you want her or not? Of course. Toronto another big name agency in Toronto when we weren't in Toronto back then didn't ask for her. I had to call and say, do you want her? This is what this girl's doing. Oh yes, of course. All right. Well, you didn't ask for her, but it does. New York saw it. It it sounds like you're such a champion for these, (laughs) for models in it. And it's amazing, you know, and I think people, People have a really specific idea of what the modeling world is like and what models are like. I mean, I'm 40 yes. years in the business and I, I, I have a pretty good idea what this industry is and I love it. But mm-hmm. if you could surprise someone with a few things about the industry or about models that they would never think to be true, what would they be? That they're shy. Right. They don't believe in themselves. Their self-esteem, as beautiful as they are, they don't see themselves beautiful. People would be very surprised. I think it's so true. And, and, you know, I always used to say what people don't understand as well is that these people are the hardest working. Like if you're a successful model, you're an entrepreneur and you are a hardworking human being because Mm -hmm. it is competitive very competitive they have to take the ups and the downs and you know they're working they've got this campaign going on and the next thing you know oh the campaign the contract's over then they're unemployed then they have to go out and compete then they have to be on set for 12 hours or more leave their family and their friends behind because they have to fly here and there and some of them are managing school at the same time so these Girls and guys are very, very special. They're very intelligent. They have a thick skin. They, they're just incredible. I agree. People don't think it's that hard, but it is hard. It is. It really is. And you're right about leaving family behind. A lot of times you're under 20. You know, you're mm-hmm. on a plane going gosh knows where. And, yeah. and those feelings can be really scary. But I think amazing and good on them for taking that leap and for really trying something different we can all stay in our little box but to kind of push and try something that's so incredible i I, i'm always a you know i'm always amazed at what people can do there only a handful can make it you know Mm -hmm. there could be hundreds that come in and go yeah yeah but only a handful can make it because they just don't have what it takes you know that stamina to keep going 
Angie, thank you so, so much for talking with us on Behind the Runway today. You know, it's people and it's agents like you who are visionaries who truly do keep this industry and keep our world progressing forward. I love to hear that you you were ahead of your time in so many different areas when, thank you. across thank the you. board. And it has been a pleasure to talk to you. Thank you so much, Maddie. Thank you. Thank you so much for tuning in. Make sure to subscribe, share this episode if you enjoyed the stories, send us in any requests you have about industry topics, and we will see you next time on Behind the Runway.